0: Chasing our dreams i got this feeling inside of my feet if i start dancing you I should pass. Nice.
1: So please come in, grab seats, grab a friend, make sure you have your notebook open or your notes, and just get ready to dive into the Word and worship. If you haven't already found a seat, I suggest you grab a seat right now and then just get ready to dive in with us tonight
2: tondi
3: host for tonight. My name is Trinity.
1: I'm Brittany. Nice to meet you all.
3: And then family time. So we
1: have family time yes, question. Trinity, you want to hit us with it?
3: Yeah, so everybody stand up. You're going to meet somebody new and you're going to ask them, would you rather have a bad hair day or a bad outfit day?
1: Ooh, this is spicy.
3: All right, everybody go ahead and find a seat. What was the consensus? Raise your hand for bad hair. Okay, And then raise your hand for bad outfit.
1: All right. Wow, you guys prefer to have bad hair. That's interesting.
3: With bad hair, you can cover it up with a hat. But we also heard that if you have a bad enough outfit and you have enough confidence to rock it, people might think it's style.
1: True that. You might be starting a trend, right? That's true. Alrighty, jumping into our announcement, guys, if you don't already follow us on social media, go ahead and do that right now. Follow us at bridgeYTH underscore.
3: Here at Bridge Youth, we also like to say that giving is another way to worship God. There is no pressure, but if you do feel called to give, you can do that online, or we have giving stations at the back of the auditorium.
1: And Bible clubs, who goes to Bible clubs on your campus? They're so awesome. We have the privilege of getting to run some of them. If you guys want more information, go ahead and DM us at y t h underscore for more information. Yes.
3: Do you guys know what this Sunday is? Easter. Easter. Yeah, yeah. All right. We have Easter services coming up this Sunday, and we want you guys to join us. Bring your family, bring your friends, invite your neighbors, your aunts, your uncles, whoever. We will be having services at 830, 10, and 1145. We also... Have a good Friday service this Friday at 7 p.m., so be there for that as well. It's going to be amazing, and you guys don't want to miss it.
1: Yeah, we're excited. And who's going to Youth Convention? Woo! I'm excited. This is going to be my first year going with you guys, so that'll be really cool. Um, so it's the registration's still open for two more weeks. Say two more weeks. Two more weeks. Two more weeks, guys. And Youth Convention is April 28th to Sunday, April 30th. You do not want to miss it. There's only a few spots left, so get registered.
3: All right, you guys. You know what time it is. Everybody, stand on the up. Best time
1: ever. Sure. Worship. Good
3: luck.
4: Hey, yo, what up, Bridge Hey, how many of y'all ready for some worship? Let's go. Hey, last week, someone say last week. Hey, Pastor Corey gave some more uh, direction when it came to worship. Uh, We've just been noticing some things and he just gave some direction into that. I'm just gonna give you what those were in case you missed it or in case you were not here or you're brand new. Uh, there's three things. Someone say three things. So just be with me just for a moment, all right? The three things are, number one, someone say number one. Hey, Pastor Corey talked about vertical, not horizontal, meaning when you are jumping, you jump up, right? Everybody, on three, just jump up, all right? One, two, three. Sick. So we all know how to do that, right? Vertical, not horizontal. You should not be jumping to knock into somebody, uh, push them, anything like that. Always go vertically. When you are using your hands, as in lifting your hands, you lift your hands up. On three, everybody lift your hands up. One, two, three. Sick. So we all know how to do that as well. Hey, number two. Someone say number two. Hey, we have passionate, not painful. Meaning, on the same note of vertical, not horizontal, don't be pushing anybody. Don't be jumping into anybody. If, if people are like, are like being knocked down and it's not the Holy Spirit, hello, um, then there's an issue, right? Uh, don't be knocking into people. Worship should not be painful. Uh, people should not be falling down on purpose. Just don't be doing that. Just do not be that person. We want people to feel uh, welcomed. We want people to feel like they belong up here in the front not afraid or scary uh, of everybody around them, all right? Hey, last one, number three, someone say number three. Hey, worship should be dynamic, not distracting, meaning we always open with a praise song. We normally close this set with a worship song, meaning it's a little bit slower. When we move into those moments, we gotta be dynamic, With those moments, meaning when it's praise, we could be jumping, we could be a little more loud, we get a little more vocal, but when it gets into those praise moments, those slower moments, let's just settle in, press into the moment, Uh, because ultimately the amazing thing is that when it comes to worship, worship is for you, it's for your benefit, but more importantly, it's about us worshiping and praising God, it's not about uh, anybody else around us, it's not about the person right next to us, it's all about us and God, amen? We got that? Exactly. All right, hey, let's pray and let's get into this. God, we love you so much. You are amazing. You are great. God, do what only you could do tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody says, hey, let's worship.
5: All right, Bridge Youth, you know the drill. Put your hands up.
2: His death could not hold.
5: Such a beautiful, wonderful, powerful God. And for those of you that maybe don't know, this week is Holy Week. That means that this is the week that we celebrate what Jesus did on the cross for us at Calvary. But before, before we can get to Sunday, before we can get to the celebration of the resurrection and the fact that he rose three days later, we have to go to the cross first. We have to acknowledge what it was that Jesus did for us on the cross, the sacrifice that he made, the price that he paid for us, so that we never had to endure that. And Bridge Youth, I want you to know this, that the reason we celebrate on Sunday is because even death, the thing that is supposed to take the most away from us, Jesus conquered that on the cross at Calvary, so that death can't hold us down. It couldn't hold him down, so it's never gonna hold us down either. So Bridge Youth, can we sing? from that place of victory tonight? Can we sing from a place that we know that Jesus has already risen? He's already rose from the grave, so we have power in the name of Jesus. Come on, we sing, death cannot hold you. stand against him. There is nothing that can stand against the name of our God. And here at Bridge Youth, we believe in you guys. We believe that you are the church of today, not the church of the future. So I'm going to invite my friend Sheridan to come up and pray us into our service. All right, let's bow our heads.
3: Let's pray. Lord, thank you for loving us and for being here right now. Thank you that you sang your son to save us and that we get to celebrate that this Sunday. Please touch our hearts and keep us... Help us to have a posture to receive what you have to say tonight. God, I pray that you will speak through Pastor Cory and what <laughs> in the words he says will be not his but yours, God. And I pray that your hand will be upon this message and you will move in all of our hearts tonight. God, I pray that all distractions will be removed and that we will all be ready to receive your presence, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen.
5: All right, you, this is going to be a great night. On your way back to your seat, high five three people and tell them what's up.
2: Seconds, he he's got to put it up. Ladies Good and gentlemen.
6: <laughs> 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 ah! no. This
1: morning, harrowing new witness accounts of the Nashville school shooting.
7: Into something far more. It turned into the manifest presence of God
6: yo bridge youth how are we feeling tonight you guys good hey you look good look at the person sitting next to you tell them you look good look at the other person sitting on your other side say you look even better hey is it just me or is it like everybody's sick right now there's so many people sick right now. Like, our, I just texted one of our tech guys. I was like, who's on lights tonight? He's like, pretty much nobody. Everybody's sick, man. I was like, oh, shoot. That's why a moment ago you guys were like, why are the lights on? It's so bright. But, but hey, not us, though. We built different. Come on now. Here you guys are in church. Hey, if you're brand new, I actually met a couple new people right before service. If you're brand new, you're the coolest person in the room or watching online. We love meeting new people. We like welcoming our guests every week in a way that never ever gets old for us. We like saying, we are here to build you up, not... Yeah, we love you. We back you. We're so stoked that you chose to spend some of your time here with us. in all the craziness of life and everything going on in your schedules, you chose to be here and spend some of your time with us on Wednesday night. We just think that's so cool. We value that. We honor you for that. Hey, before we jump into um, the message, I just want to echo a couple of things that our service host mentioned. This Friday, somebody say, this Friday? This Friday, this Friday is what's famously called Good Friday. It's the day that we celebrate the death of our Savior, what Jesus did on the cross. And we're going to have a service this Friday. We haven't done one in a long, long, long time. As long as we've been here, we haven't done a uh, a Good Friday service. And so what we're going to be doing, we're meeting here at 7 p.m. We'll be in the auditorium. It's going to be an awesome time of like reflection and just um. Uh, Prayer. There'll be some scripture reading, some worship. It's going to be a really unique, really really cool night. So don't miss that Friday at 7 p.m. And then Sunday. Somebody say Sunday Sunday." is Resurrection Sunday. It's it's Easter's. Like. Sunday Easter is it's not about a bunny bringing us candy there ain't nothing wrong with bunnies and there ain't nothing wrong with candies okay but it's all about the resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ so this Sunday which is like every do every year at the bridge Easter's popping off so every this this uh, this Sunday we have three services not two we typically have two 9 30 30 this Sunday we have three we have eight. 30, 10, and 1145. That's 830, 10, and 1145. What time are they? They're at 830, 10, and 1145. Sick. Hey, um, it's going to be awesome. There's so many people in your life in your world that maybe would never consider going to church, but they'll consider going on Easter. So here's our encouragement to you. Invite them. All the way across our uh, back counter there, we've put our little Easter invite cards. I want to challenge you guys. Grab two, three. If you're one of those cool, awesome, crazy people, like, I'm going to grab ten. If you'll give them all out, do it. They're on the back counter. Grab them before you take off. And let's see what God will do this Sunday. Amen? Okay, I want to give you a little bit of a a, a warning. Look at your neighbor. Say, warning, warning, warning. (laughs) Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second. Tell them, warning, warning. Uh uh here's the thing guys uh tonight's gonna be a bit of a doozy okay tonight um tonight we gonna we're gonna talk about some stuff okay it's gonna we're gonna hit some some uh kind of hot button topics. it might be a little bit controversial it might it might just might offend some people oh no it might Cut close to home and we're going to hit some hot button topics. Is everybody cool with that? You guys all right with that? Are you guys with me? All right, I'm going to start this whole message by letting you know, I love you. I feel like I need to tell you I love you more than when I'm just getting into like a really like deep message that's kind of wild and crazy. Before I give him a message, hey, shout out Pastor Tyler and his awesome wife, Katie, who are joining us tonight. Really good friends of ours. <laughs> There are pastors right on the other side of town uh, at a church called Crossroads Temecula Youth Pastors. They're a great friend of ours. They're awesome. They're great. I know Katie's favorite thing in the whole world is being pointed out in front of an entire big crowd of people. So they're great friends of ours. If you see them, take care of them. Welcome them. Let them know how much you love them. Um, all right. Tonight we're kicking off a brand new series entitled Virtual Reality. Somebody say Virtual, Virtual. Reality. What is virtual reality? Well, the definition is a computer-generated simulation of a three-dimensional image or environment that can be interacted with in a seemingly real, a seemingly real or physical way. It's an experience that seems real, but it isn't. In this series, we're going to be talking about some of the lies and the deception of the enemy. Some of the ways in which he has through different things like social media, movements, culture, lies, deception, how he's distorted reality in such a way that it looks much different than God's original plan for creation, and we're not really living right now in this sort of reality, we're living in a sort of virtual reality. And so tonight, we're going to dig into um, what's going to be a tough topic to talk about, but we're going to dig into it. Tonight, we're going to talk about culture. Somebody say, ooh, Somebody else cold? I'm kind of cold. Kind of always cold. Who's loving this weather, though? Oh, my gosh. The sun's out. It's out for longer. We can golf until like 7 p.m. because I know that's what all of you guys do on your weekends. Just like me. <laughs> um, tonight we're going to talk about culture. What is culture? Um, culture is something that's pretty hard to identify as it's an undefined attitudes and thoughts of a group of people. And it's a group of people that we're all kind of a part of. And the best way I think I can illustrate it is like this. Um, I've heard it said, we are like fish, culture is like water. We're like fish and culture is like water. See, a fish doesn't experience water in a way where it it sees and recognizes its existence. It's only until that fish is yanked up out of water and it begins to... (gasps) That it realizes that what it's been in all along was a, a huge fundamental part of its existence. And once yanked out of the water, it notices now the absence of the water. And unless somehow miraculously its gills transform into lungs, it's not going to make it. So it is with you and me when it pertains to our relationship with culture. We're like fish. And water is like culture in that we don't necessarily recognize or see its existence until God comes along and yanks us up out of culture. And we begin to. And if God doesn't transform us from having sort of proverbial gills into giving us lungs, we a.k.a. become a new creation entirely. Then we just jump right back in. And that's what I've seen with so many young people is they jump right back into culture. So tonight, we're going to talk about two. Somebody say two. Yes. We're going to talk about two prevailing cultures that we are all swimming in. Y'all ready for this? Number one. Somebody say number one. We're going to talk about cancel culture. Yes! <laughs> number two, the one I'm maybe even more excited about, we are going to talk about woke Culture. And we're going to tackle these things tonight. If you're a note taker, write this down. Here comes your sermon in a sentence. How do we relate to and how do we experience and respond to these cultures? Do not, somebody say not, conform, be transformed. Do not conform, be transformed. Those of you who grew up in church and you're really good at Bible trivia already know the verse that we're going to. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. If you got a paper Bible, extra points. You're going to make it to the pearly gates of heaven before everybody else. You will be able to, actually your paper Bible in heaven acts as a sort of fast pass to the front. The rest of y'all who use devices or the air Bible, you guys are going to have to wait like probably 10, 15,000 years before you get in. It's a long line, bro. It's a long line. You better get a paper Bible. My paper Bible is falling apart. Look at that. That's how you know my life isn't. Come on now. let's give... These are the jokes, guys. Get on board or don't. If not, it's going to be a long, long night. All right, Romans chapter 12. Would you guys do me a favor? Would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? I love standing when we read God's word. I love showing honor to the word that God has given us. People have died that we could have God's word. Here we go. We're just going to read, uh, I think, two, just two verses. I'm going to read it in two different versions, though. So ultimately, we'll end up reading it two times. I'm going to read one in the new, uh, the new Living Translation, and then we're going to go over and we're going to read uh, the message revision. So check this out, New Living Translation. Here's what it says. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Dude, we could talk a whole lot about that verse and our culture and some of what people live and believe just based on that, but that's not the message tonight. So move on, Corey. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse two don't. Somebody shout, don't. Don't, don't copy the behavior or customs of this world. I'm gonna say that again, and some of y'all need to memorize this. This is, we're, we're kicking it back to like third grade, like church, uh, kids' church, Sunday school. This is your scripture memory right here. If you memorize it by the end of the month, you get Bible bucks. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and at the, at the beginning of every month, you could cash in your Bible bucks for candy and toys. <laughs> The, uh, that's all of our kids' workers right there. If you, don't, if you don't serve in kids on Sunday mornings, you are missing out, bro. It's a party. It's hilarious. Kids are running wild. Sometimes they throw up on themselves. It's comedy. Scripture memory, here you go. Verse number two, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Let him change you from gills to lungs as he's plucked you out of the water called culture by changing the way you think. Then you will learn. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let's read really quick the, uh, the message revision. Uh, I'll, often, um, I'll often only really read out of the message because it's not a translation, but it's a revision, and that's kind of important, and I'll often couple it with a translation. But here's what it says. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Check this out. This is the part I really want to focus on. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Ooh, if that's not so much of this generation. Instead, somebody say, instead... Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Before you sit down, let's pray. God, I pray you would speak to us tonight. Get me out of your way so that you can speak. God, I pray that your kindness would lead us to repentance. And God, that your hand would be upon this whole message. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would keep helping these darn Raiders and whatever the heck they're doing. God, don't let, don't let these people who, who aren't godly, God-fearing, Bible-believing Christians get in the way of your plans for your team, the Las Vegas Raiders. I pray we win the Super Bowl next year. All things are possible with you. In Jesus' name, everybody said <laughs> amen. Grab a seat. Hey, um, has anybody ever, ever harshly disagreed with somebody that you love? Anybody ever, let me rephrase that. Anybody got siblings? <laughs> um, let's divide the room right now. We're going to straight divide the whole room. Country music or not? <laughs> all right. Where's, where's the country music fans? Raise your hand. <laughs> and all the country music fans said, yeehaw. <laughs> and where's all? The God-fearing Bible-believing my people who know there will be no country music in heaven, where you at? <laughs> Ain't nobody got time to hear about your pickup truck, your dog that died 12 years ago, or that bubble gum on the bottom of your shoe, do-do-do-do. <laughs> I just wrote a country song. The, the bubble gum bottom of my shoe, do-do-do-do. <laughs> like, that's country. Uh, one time, Amber and I were, were over at Kane's right up the street. Um... And it's after youth, it's after a Wednesday night, we're there with a handful of people. My friend Kevin, who let me preface the story by saying, uh, Kevin is socially awkward. <laughs> He's socially awkward, dude, but bless his heart, I'll tell you. Got a heart of gold, that kid. Um, a, this kind of This kind of like big RV bus looking thing pulls up, and it's pulling a trailer. As soon as it pulls up, I go... $100 says they're in a touring band. Whenever you see a bus with a trailer on the back, nine times out of ten, touring band. And so they get out, and you see these guys, as soon as you see them, you're like, they're in a touring band. Like, they look cool, they're dressed awesome, they've got piercings, tattoos, and long hair. I'm like, they're in a band for sure. Or maybe they're one of the pastors at the bridge, I don't know. Um, so they're walking up, right, and, and my friend Kevin, socially awkward Kevin, he goes, hey, y'all in a band? And I'm like, Kevin, sure. Leave him alone, man. And the guy, goes, the guy goes, this is exactly what he says. He goes, yeah, we are. We're in a country band. To which my wife, my beautiful, kind-hearted, loving wife, looks this dude who just said, yeah, we're in a country band. Looks him dead in the face, dead, like eye contact and goes, not a fan. <laughs> I've never been so proud of my wife in my whole life. So she th- here's, here was, here's what her defense was. She said, I thought he was kidding. Because she hates country music so much that she thinks that the whole world joins her in her, like, her, 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 her hatred for country music. So when he goes, yeah, we're in a country band. She's like, country sucks so bad, I thought he was joking. <laughs> I was like, Amber, you know that there are people who actually like country music, right? And all the country music fans said, yeehaw. See, Amber, you've offended them all, all of them. So this, uh, actually, uh, it was, country music fans, where you at? Have you, guys heard of, have you guys heard of Dylan Scott? It was Dylan Scott and his band. So Amber insulted this guy who I later looked up on Spotify, and he's got like millions and millions of followers and listens and streams. Apparently he's super, super popular in that demonic genre. Here's the thing. The guy who said that he was actually super cool. Amber hits him with, not a fan, and he goes, well, it's worked out great for us, <laughs> you know. AKA he's like, cha-ching, we've made money. Yes, see the, you see the tour bus? We're doing well, you know. He was super cool about it. Walked away. Even though there was this heavy disagreement, he was so cool about it. And it's not so in this certain sect of our culture. If you're taking notes, write this down. We're tackling this first culture. Cancel. Culture, point one, cancel culture. What is cancel culture? Miriam Dictionary, uh, Miriam Webster defines it as this it's the practice or tendency of engaging in mass canceling as a way of expressing disapproval and exerting social pressure. That's Miriam Webster. Here's what I think I think ultimately, uh, cancel culture is seeking the harm of someone who has offended you. Quick thought what if God did that to us? <laughs> What if every time we offended God, he goes, canceled. When God cancels you, bad news. So let's talk about offense for a second. Um, If if you're taking notes, you might want to write down the word offense. Um, Quick question. What happens when when someone offends you? Nothing. (laughs) You know what happens when someone offends you? Absolutely, positively, nothing. Nothing. And yet so much of the world is basing their whole existence on a whole lot of nothingness. Like nothing happens when we're offended. And here's the thing. I really think that when it comes down to it, Christians should be the least offendable people on the planet. Check this out. Uh, Luke chapter 17, verse number one. This is the New King James Version, kicking it OG. It says this, it is impossible that no offense should come. That's what Jesus is saying. It's impossible that you'll live your whole life and offense not come your way. But it's not impossible to not allow that offense to wrap itself around your heart. You know what the word, um, the word offense in the original language here, in the Greek, this word is the word scandalon. Everybody say scandalon. That sounds like a familiar word, right? It sounds like scandal or scandalous, because that's where we get those words from. In the original language, this word is directly translated as bait or a trap. And I'm here to submit to you tonight that there is a whole lot of culture and society who has ta- taken the bait of Satan. They've said, you know what offense is? Offense is that bait that's hanging on a hook. And there's so many people who go over, oh, I want to see. And then taking that bait, getting the hook driven into their mouth, they get pulled into the plans that the enemy has for them. I'm here to tell you, do not conform to the patterns of this world. Do not conform to the patterns of being offended about everything all the time. We as Christians should be the least offendable people on the planet. Uh, let's jump into a different topic. I want to open this part um, by telling you a story. Uh, me and a bunch of my friends, we, we would get together once a year for for uh, what we would call Friendsgiving. Around Thanksgiving, we get together for what we call Friendsgiving. Um, the further into ministry Amber and I got, the more and more demanding the schedules became. Um the the less free time that we had, and and we were in a season of ministry at this time that was really demanding on our schedule, and so we're trying to nail down a date that works for like 10 of our friends, you know? We're all grown, we've got wives, some of us have kids, we've got full-time jobs, and we couldn't find a date that works for everybody. They ended up finding a date that works for everybody except for us. We decided to do the nice and polite thing and say, hey, don't make all your plans just around us, do your thing, have Friendsgiving, we just won't be able to make it this year. Bummer, but it's all good. You guys go ahead. So they do. They have Friendsgiving. And then a f- my best friend, who was at that dinner, decides to tell me later, hey, just a heads up, there were some conversations about you guys in your absence. I said, oh, really? What was said? And he goes, well, a certain, a certain uh, couple of our friends decided that they would say, oh, I guess Corey and Amber are just too Christian for us now. This had nothing to do with faith. This had everything to do with our calendar. Now, here's the thing. I have never once said of these non-Christian friends, never had Amber and I even suggested that they aren't Christian enough for us. But all of a sudden, they've said that we're too Christian for them. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the idea of villainizing. Here's the thing. I think so many Christians have accepted the lie that we're the villains. Now, if you're not a Christian in the room, can I tell you, we say all the time, you do not have to believe to belong. We say here all the time, we are here to build you up, not we love you. We back you. Like, like if you're in the room or watching online, you're family to us. Now, here's the thing. So many Christians have been, have received and accepted the lie that we're somehow the villains Because woke culture will say, uh, well, you have to accept me exactly as I am, or else I'll cancel you. Okay, then you have to accept me exactly as I am, a Bible-believing Christian. Will you accept me and every part of everything that I believe as a Bible-believing Christian? No! No! Because you believe some things that that are contrary to my lifestyle. Okay, cool. Then you're asking me to pay you a respect that you're unwilling to pay me. Christians, you are being demanded to pay a respect that's not being paid to you. And then you're being convinced that you're the villain. Make that make sense. Make that make sense. Now, here's the thing about these two sides of the story. There's one part of culture. There's one part of that equation. I don't know why I took such a power stance right there. Like I was going to do karate or something. Listen here. Kame! Come on, nerds. No, okay, Dragon Ball Z. All right. Back in my life, we had to wait like four weeks to get the Kamehameha blast. Now you guys have Dragon Ball Z Kai and it takes five minutes. But only the nerds know what I'm saying. So the thing is, what was I talking about? Something about cancel culture. No, I'm just kidding. I know what I'm talking about. So On that equation, here's the thing: for us, for us as Christians, Christians do not cancel people. In fact, you know what you're demanded to do as a Christian. You know what you're. Those of you who are Christians in the room, you know what you're demanded to do. You're demanded to love the people who disagree with you. You're demanded to pray for people who who persecute you. You're demanded to live in such a way where you have a sort of all inclusive and never exclusive lifestyle. It doesn't matter what you believe. I love you. In fact, my God demands that I love you as much as I love myself, love your neighbor as yourself. But then on the other side, it's like, well, because here's the thing. I can love you and disagree with you at the same time. I got a lot of family members who are not Christian, who live very different lifestyles than me, and I love them. Some of them, I would take a bullet for them. So, so tell me that I'm a villain. Tell me that I'm a bigot. These are my family members. But on the other side of that, there's a culture that says, well, you don't. You don't believe what I believe. You don't give absolute 100% support for everything that I do and everything that I believe and all the choices that I make and the way that I live and the way that I talk and the way that I dress and everything and everything and everything. Fine. Cancelled. Fine. I hate you. I'm going to cut you off from my life. I'm going to completely sever ties from you. I'm going to probably post about you. I'm going to do all this thing. So tell me again how we are the villains. Make that make sense. I'm preaching, man. This is good. This is really good. Hopefully YouTube hasn't already like cut off our stream. It is a lie of the enemy. Young person, hear me, please. It is a lie of the enemy that you're somehow the villain. Just because you stand on your, what you believe to be true, you stand on the word of God. Um, Here's the thing, we're being asked to show a respect that's not being shown to us, but don't be surprised when, when we, you show that respect and you show that love and the favor is not returned. Uh, John 15 verse 18 and 19, Jesus says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, check this out, if you belong to the world, If you conform to the patterns of this world, if you just fit into culture without even thinking, if you did, it would love you as its own. But as it is, you do not belong to the world. I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Here's the thing. Um, Sometimes I think Americans have it too good. Hear what I'm saying. I love America. History began in 1776, baby. I love America we are you guys you guys we are we are i don 't know if i 'm allowed to say friggin we are friggin blessed to live in this nation. There is a reason why to this day, hear me, to this day, everybody in the entire world basically wants to come live here there 's a reason why now, if you are falling into this pattern of this i don 't know world but this pattern pattern of this uh, socially-driven generational fad to hate America, go on a missions trip with us one day to a third-world country and watch your mind be changed in five minutes. Tyler, you've been, you've been on a lot of missions trips. Don't we got it good here? I went on a missions trip to, um, to Kenya a few years ago. And we rolled into uh, that. We have a, a legendary family in our church called the Macaus, and and the Macau family they uh, they migrated from Kenya. And and Harrison Macau was a straight village child. He grew up in a village with I'm talking no electricity, no plumbing, nothing. Taken taken their baths in the river down at the bottom of this hill, the same river that they uh, that they drink their water from. And so I went to that I went to that uh, village and. And we went, um, The first thing we did was we went to the school that um, the Macau family built, and they still fund we went to this school, right, and we come up, and the kids, uh, we can hear even from a distance, the kids are singing worship songs, it was the cutest friggin' thing you've ever seen in your whole life, they got their little uniforms on, they're all red, because they got, like, this, like, unique red dirt clay in the village, and, and so their uniforms are red, they're the cutest little kids, they're doing a little performance thing, and we walk in, and like, oh, this is so cute, you know, and then they're like, hey, so the kids have, like, kind of recess, you guys can just kind of hang out with the kids, learn their names, blah, 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 and the kids kept coming up to us going, uh, uh, going, oh, selfie, selfie, selfie. Uh, so a lot of them spoke English. Um, most of them spoke a language called Swahili. And so, but they knew selfie. So we're pulling out our phones and, and we're doing selfies with them. And then they'd be like, oh, like, like show me, show me. And so then we'd look at that. We'd like be showing them the picture. And, and as we're showing the picture, like point out which one's me. But that's just my wife. Um, point out which one's me. And, and we'd be like, oh, there you are. And like, oh, it's me, you know. And I kind of stopped and I thought, why do, they, why do they want selfies so bad? Like, why do they want, why do they want to take pictures so bad? Because none of them have phones. None of them have tablets. They don't have internet. They've got no way that we could send them this, this, this picture. They for sure don't have anywhere they'd be posting this picture. Why do they want? Because they were, like, obsessed, you guys, obsessed. And so I went over to one of the teachers, and I said, Hey, like your classes, they're so sweet, they're so awesome. Can I ask you an honest question? And she says, yeah, go for it. I said, why do the kids want selfies so bad? And she goes, oh, um, did you notice how after you take the selfie, they start pointing at the phone asking you to point them out? And I said, yeah, I, I, I did. And she said, that's because none of them have mirrors in their house and they don't know what they look like. The only time that they see the reflection is they walk down to the river and they look in the water and the blurry reflection. So the last time they saw their face was the last time there were Americans in our village with cell phones to take selfies. And so every time they come, they want to see their face and remember what they look like. Sometimes I think as Americans, we have it too good. We're over here complaining. We're like the things that we're killing each other over and complaining about is you've offended me. We're over here complaining about name calling. You called me a name, or better yet, you didn't call me what I demanded you to call me. Therefore, I'm gonna cancel you. These kids didn't have a mirror. Have you ever thought to be thankful for your mirror? If you are out here thinking, my culture is so bad, I'm gonna start complaining about canceling people, this, that, the others, blah, blah, go on a third world missions trip, and you'll come back being thankful for things you ain't never thought to be thankful about. Sometimes I think the way that blessing can become a burden is things get so good, we start scrutinizing and complaining about the smallest of things. And then we got a culture right now that is canceling people over. After every one of these points, I want to give a really quick um, shotgun statements about, about cancel culture. These are things I couldn't exactly find where they fit in the message, but I felt these so much in my heart. So here's a handful of statements about cancel culture. Christians don't cancel. Don't ever get sucked into hating people because they disagree with you. People are not our enemies. See Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. Instead of getting bitter and canceling people, be slow to anger and quick to forgive. Everyone makes mistakes. Give people grace to learn and grow from them. Never bow to the mob or to culture out of fear. Last one. There's not a person on earth that can cancel God's plans and purposes over your life. Somebody say amen. All right, let's talk about woke culture. Write that down, woke culture. What is woke culture? Merriam-Webster defines woke culture as aware of and actively attentive to important societal facts and issues, especially issues of racial and social justice. I think that in a lot of ways, the way that woke culture is really played out in our society, is it's the demand that everyone acts, speaks, and thinks in a politically correct manner at all times. That's what I think. I think it is the absolute demand that everyone acts, speaks, and thinks in a politically correct manner at all times. So let's talk about political correctness. This begs the question, what is politically correct? Who defines that? And what are those people's motivation behind their definition? Well, as it would seem right now, there's a vast minority of people who seem to have a lot of influence through social media, Hollywood, amongst celebrities and influencers. And they are motivated primarily by emotion. Hear me. Feelings and emotions are this culture's God. And they want you to bow down to it. This culture's God Is feelings and emotions, and they want you to bow down to that God. Don't. This is why the mantra of woke culture is do what feels right. Whatever you feel, do it. Follow your heart. How many times have I told y'all? That's terrible advice. And Disney made it sound so dope, I get it. How many times did I tell you guys? Jasmine, she followed her heart when Aladdin pulled up on the carpet was like, do you trust me? And she's like, sure, I don't even freaking know you, but I trust you. And so she jumps on this, and, and then following her heart, got her 30,000 feet off the ground on a flying rug with an imposter who was not a prince. He was a hobo, and his best friend was a monkey. It's kind of sick, actually. Yeah, it's that... Uh, uh, That's kind of dope. But because like, that's because that's a Disney movie. In real life, she's like falling off the carpet and that's the end of the story. Credits. (laughs) This is why the mantra of woke culture is do whatever feels right. Right. Whatever feels right to you, just do that. You can be whatever you feel, you can do whatever you feel. Do whatever feels right. Cause, but here's the thing, do whatever you feel. Be whatever you feel. That is such a slip, because a lot of you guys, you're, like, you're right now, you, you heard that a million times. And you think, what's so wrong with that, Corey? What's so wrong with letting people be whatever they feel and do whatever they feel? And just following their heart. I'll tell you what's wrong with it. It's a slippery slope, because where do you draw the line? Do serial killers get to be whoever they feel like they are and do whatever they feel like doing? Right. You see how slippery that slope is? Do not look at your neighbor, say not. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second, say don't. Do not do what you feel, do what's right. That might be, that's the most simple thing I've ever preached and it's so good. Don't do what you feel, do what's right. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 18 says, do what's right and good in the Lord's sight so that it may go well with you. Somebody say amen. Woke culture is a slippery slope. Bowing to political correctness, hear me, it's a slippery slope. Hear me. I don't want to be PC, I want to be holy. I don't want to be politically correct, I want to be biblically correct. And sometimes being biblically correct is not politically correct. Now don't get me wrong, I am not I am not the type of person, I'm not in the business of intentionally and purposefully going after people to offend them. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about I will stand on God's word and the truth of his word no matter how popular or unpopular it is. I'm not concerned about being cool. I'm concerned about being accepted in God's sight. Do not live for man's approval. Live for God's approval. You don't have to be politically correct in this PC woke culture world. Don't do it. If you do, sometimes, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, what you're actually doing is your we're not just uh, 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 submitting to the mob, you might be bowing down to somebody else's God. The God of this culture is feelings and emotions, and when they tell you, "You need to bow down to my feelings and emotions," maybe we're bowing down to somebody else's God, and it looks like we're conforming to the patterns of this world and culture. Let's talk about I need to hurry. Let's talk about um, something that I, I want to call we- weaponized guilt. If you're taking notes, write write those two words down. Weaponized guilt. I had a friend who got an uh, Oculus. Anybody have an Oculus? I have a friend who got an Oculus and, and this was part of like what kind of sparked my like I, I began to pull this thread of of this story he told me. He said, Oh dude, Corey, I got Oculus, it's so fun, it's so sick. So I got this game, it's like a first person shooter, right? It's like a like a Call of Duty type game. And he said, In the game, I'm playing the campaign, and part of the campaign, I had to like shoot one of the characters and Dude, it was so real that I felt guilty. I was like, bro, you need to get off the Oculus." He said, one time I fell asleep with it on my face. And when I woke up, I didn't know what was reality and not, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he had said, he had said, in the game, I had to, I had, playing the campaign in this first person shooter, I did, and like, even though it's not real, I felt guilty about it. Even though it's not real, I felt guilty about it. And I thought, even though it's not real, you felt something very real because of it. I think that there is a ton of people out there right now, because of the virtual reality that we live in, they feel guilt over things that they didn't even actually do. You've been forced to feel guilty over something that's not even your fault. Today's woke culture has weaponized guilt. It motivates people to embrace their values with undeserved guilt. Anybody else ever been made made to feel guilty over something that wasn't your fault? This is antithetical to the gospel. God says, God, the only one who really has full permission to say guilty, actually goes... Innocent. All you got to do is accept Jesus and you're innocent. Yet the world is over here saying guilty even if we're fundamentally innocent. This is antithetical to the gospel. So, so be careful, beware of embracing guilt that's not yours. I want to talk to, uh, I'm always going to talk to you guys like your, you know, college age students. So here's a college age uh, uh, thought that I want you to consider. I was talking to some of our school and ministry students about this. Virtuous people are more susceptible to guilt. It's, it's psychologically proven that virtuous people are more susceptible to guilt. You know what that means? That means if you're a generally good person, which I think that a lot of Christians, if you're a Christian who's based your life on the Bible, you're, you're living a scriptural life, then what you're building, a lot of what you build in your character is you're building some virtue. Which means you're becoming virtuous, which is like you're becoming a a better person because God is transforming you, which then will in turn make you more susceptible to guilt, which the enemy has leveraged. They've got all these people out here making you feel guilty over things you have no control over. Don't ever embrace guilt. I'm all about, I'm all, God, when I've messed up, I've messed up and I need to repent. I need to put that in your hands. I need to turn around and I will 100% own my mistakes. Beware of embracing guilt that you is not yours to bear. The last thing I want to talk about here, band, you guys can head up as we start closing down. I want to talk about the death of critical thinking. One of the dangers of woke culture is that people stop thinking. One of the dangers of woke culture is that people stop thinking. Um, Either they're threatened into being canceled for thinking differently, or they're guilted into thinking the exact same thing as everybody else in culture. And when people stop thinking, people start believing terrible, nonsensical things that damage and harm society. And eventually, those things will come after our kids. Some of you guys are already hearing some of this stuff in your schools, I've been doing a study in the book of Genesis. and Genesis 1, verse 1, it's the very first verse in all of Scripture. There's something really interesting here. In Genesis 1, 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Check this out. The earth was formless, empty, dark. Formless, empty, dark. Say that with me. Everybody say, formless, empty, dark. Formless, empty, dark. That second word, the word empty, if you go to the original language, it's the Hebrew word bohu. I know you want to say it. Everybody say bohu. So this word bohu, it means void. It means desolate. It means ruin. Or it means, here's the word I want to focus on, vacuity. Has anybody, be honest, who's never heard that word vacuity? Yeah, me either. So when I was doing a study here and that word vacuity came up, I was like, vacuity? that sounds awesome. School of ministry students always make fun of me because I like learning big words and then using them in my everyday life. I've been using vacuity so much. Everybody say vacuity. Here's the definition of vacuity. The definition of vacuity is the lack of thought or intelligence. Empty headedness. In the beginning, the earth was formless, void, dark. There was a lack of thought or intelligence. It was just empty headedness. So, the lack of thought and the lack of the capability of thought was one of the things that contributed to the darkness and chaos that was in the world. Hear me, young people. When you stop thinking for yourself, society and culture will divulge into darkness and chaos. Does not darkness and chaos sound real familiar? You're like, darkness and chaos? Ha, that's what I see every time I turn on my phone. Every time I flip on on. On the news, anytime I scroll through Instagram, darkness, chaos, we're living in it. And I think some of the reason why is because people have stopped thinking. This is why I tell you to take notes. This is why Sunday morning, you know what we do on Sunday? You hear a message on Wednesday, and on Sunday we talk about that message. Because I don't want you to sit here like a bunch of mindless zombies staring at me like, (laughs) and then be like, oh, in one ear, out the other. Monologue, 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 monologue. No, you need dialogue. Because Sunday morning, it's time to start critically thinking about what you heard on Wednesday, and then begin to ask questions. Think. You know, Pastor Corey said this, and I'm curious about that. I also tell you to take notes, and I put everything on the screen so that if I ever say anything that's contradictory to the Word of God, you can, biblically, with biblical permission, come to me and be like, I don't think that was biblical. Call me out. It's why I tell you to write stuff down. I want you to be critical thinkers. Woke culture wants you to fall into place without even thinking about it. It wants you to live in this darkness where there's vacuity and there's this empty-headedness. And that will ultimately lead to darkness and chaos. But in verse 3, it said, God said, let there be light. Hold up. But the sun wasn't created until day 4. This was day 1 of creation. So what was that light? Oh, somebody. The junior hires are like, you are challenging us to really step up in our intellect right now. I feel like if we all had an espresso, we'd be holding it like this. We're getting real intellectual. Light, so the sun wasn't created until day four, but on day one, God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So, what was that light? Well, that's a great question. Uh, Bible scholars for thousands of years have made parallels to how Jesus was, was called the light of the world and that god saying let there be light was was jesus being 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 um, thrown into from the beginning of time time and space and reality you you know what some other bible scholars believe I, I really like this theory that if if darkness was all of these things described go do a word study go on biblehub.com and then uh, pull up Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 And on the side you can click all these words For, for empty, void, dark You can click those words and, and do a word study And all those words are like Desolation, emptiness uh, um, uh, Nothingness Void, all of this stuff And then vacuities there A lack of thought or intelligence And they said let there be light And God then brought all the opposites of those things So instead of a lack of thought Now there is the ability for thought Instead of no intelligence There's intelligence And God created you that way. So don't conform to the patterns of the world where it says, you have to believe this. Why? Because I said. Dude, not even God does that to people. The intelligent designer doesn't even demand people to have no intelligence in their following of him. So when woke culture comes around and tells you you have to believe something because you have to believe something and if you don't believe that something, then we'll cancel you. Do not conform to the patterns of that culture because it's not godly, amen? As we close this thing down, here's some statements about woke culture. Don't ever stop thinking for yourself. Critical thinking is more important than ever before. Don't be forced into embracing guilt that's not yours to bear. Don't be pressured into a false sense of care and empathy, a.k.a. virtue signaling. Don't entertain people, things, thoughts, or movements that seek to break down the family. It's satanic in nature. Beware of anything that doesn't hold up to intellectual consistency. Beware of anything not grounded in scripture and or biological fact. Beware of claims not grounded in truth. Lastly, Seek holiness, not wokeness. As we conclude. I warned you all. I told you at the beginning of the message, it would be what it is. Write this word down, counterculture. We don't fall into cancel culture. We don't fall into woke culture. We are counterculture. What does it mean to be counterculture? It means you don't copy the behaviors and the custom of this world, but you let God transform you. Here's some statements about it. You belong to the kingdom, not the world. Live for God's approval, not man's. Live kingdom over everything. Refuse to bow to anyone or anything but God. Persecution is a sign that you're doing something right. Lastly, always transformed, never conformed. So we close, um, maybe tonight you're having this fish out of water moment. Maybe tonight in hearing all this, you're realizing that you fit into culture without even thinking. Maybe fitting right into culture has led you to a place in your life where you don't even recognize who you are anymore because you've had to be somebody else for every single person that you're around. Maybe fitting right into culture has gotten you to the place where you don't really like who you've become or how life has turned out. Can I tell you, God offers a transformed life and you're going to have the opportunity to step into that transformation in just a moment. Would you bow your head? Would you close your eyes? God, I pray soften every single heart tonight as your truth has gone out that you would speak and do what only you can do in this place. With heads bowed, with eyes closed, maybe you're here and you would say, that is me, Corey." I'm having that fish out of water moment. And, and in some ways, I feel like I, I feel like the, the wind's been knocked out of me. I feel like I've just been over here. Uh, I feel like I've been over here falling into culture and just becoming like, like a clone. And, and I don't even recognize myself. And I really don't like where life has gotten to. If that's you and you would say, Corey, I want to give my life to God. I want to submit my life to him. I want to give him the pen of my life and let him write the next chapters. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand, that you then you can put it right back down. This is your moment. This is your time. Don't worry about what's happening around you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is a public setting. This is a public setting, but a private moment. If that's you, when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand, put it right back down. One, two, three, go, man. So many hands. You can put it right back down. That's amazing. I'm proud of you. What we're gonna do is we're gonna pray because the Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and he rose from the dead and you'll be saved. So we're gonna pray right now. But we're a family here at Bridge Youth, so we pray together. So every single person, would you repeat these simple words right after me? There's nothing magical about these words. It's just that we begin this journey with words that we say with our mouth and we believe in our heart. So would you say this right out loud right after me? Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm gonna follow you. I'm not following culture, I'm following you. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. From this day forward, I'm your child and you are my father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Amen. Hey, that's the best decision you could ever make with your life. It's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning of the journey. We got a free gift we want to give to you called the next seven days. I know when I first got saved, I had a million questions. I felt like I had nobody to ask these questions to. It's literally just seven videos. It will be me on your phone, on your tablet, on your, hopefully not your big screen TV with the, Surround sound on. Does anybody else hate their own voice? I do. I listen back to my preaching sometime. I'm like, when am I going to hit puberty? Who knows? (laughs) But honestly, this is just our way of helping you to kind of take the next steps. We're gonna connect you with a leader. It'll be one video a day. They're like three minutes long. It'll answer some of your questions. We feel like it's our obligation to get these to you. Let us, I promise you, they will be a blessing. Let us get these to you. How can I get it, Corey? Easy, go to our Instagram, at bridge, Y-T-H underscore. Don't forget the underscore. And just DM us the words next seven. We'll handle the rest. If you don't have Instagram, come talk to me, Amber, any one of our leaders. They'll help get you next seven days in another way. Hey, one more time. Can we welcome people into God's family? all right i want to pray a very special prayer over you so nobody distracting anybody would you stand to your feet would you head to the front we're going to conclude in worship in just a minute but i want to pray a unique and special prayer over you tonight you know last week we talked just a little bit about shadrach meshach and abednego and shadrach meshach and abednego they were they were three guys in the old testament who who were in this culture and in this culture it became the cultural norm to bow down to a fake idol god anytime it rolled through town they would hear this music that went like duh, 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 duh. can you hit that for us uh, Levi. Duh, duh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> can you hit that what's that thing come on <laughs> don't hit don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> we were playing with the keyboard the other day it's like come on now they need to hear it just hit just hit the come on, come on. there it is one more time come on. come, 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 come on. <laughs> that's what the music sounded like all right guys this is serious this is a serious moment so, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in this culture where anytime this thing, uh, this idol came rolling through town, there's music that would be played, these trumpets would be blasted, and everybody had to bow down to this idol. And everybody did it. Everybody did it except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the punishment for not bowing down was death. You'll be thrown into this fiery furnace. And they said, It doesn't matter if you kill us. We will never bow down. Tonight I want to pray for that kind of courage in your heart. That you'll never bow down. Not to culture. Not to all these things that say you have to believe this. If we don't, we'll we'll cancel you. Nobody can cancel God's plan and purpose over your life. Well, if you don't, we'll, we'll call you a bigot. Really? Because I'm the one who's accepting anybody. I love everybody regardless of what you believe. Will you love me regardless? Okay, so tell me again how I'm the villain. And I'm praying tonight that you would have the courage in the face of persecution, in the in the face of social pressure to say, I will not conform to the pattern of this world. I'll be transformed by God renewing my mind and giving me the strength to walk in what he's called me to walk in. So all over this place, in this holy moment, would you do me a favor, close your eyes, lift your hands as I pray the supernatural prayer of courage over your life. God, I pray for a generation that lives kingdom over everything. God, I pray for young people tonight who would say, I don't care what pressures are on me. I don't care what people might try to say. God, before anybody else, I want to honor you. I want to live for you. If anything comes my way that is antithetical to the gospel, it doesn't line up with scripture, it's not from you, God. I don't want any of it. God, we're not going to be over here making enemies out of people. We love people. We do not battle flesh and blood. We battle principalities and darkness. That's what we battle. So, God, we're not making enemies out of people of people, we love people, but God, I pray even in the face of people who oppose us, who come against us, even people who maybe want to slander us, persecute us, even harm us for what it is that we believe, I pray that these young men and women would stand for you, God, that they would have an unwavering, unapologetic faith in you that is unmovable no matter what comes their way. God, I pray in this moment as we worship you, we're going to sing a song, God, where we just lift up your name, Jesus, and i pray pray that courage would rise up in their hearts right now. As they sing these words, something would be happening in the spirit that this courage would drop in their heart, that no matter what, it's kingdom over everything, and I will never conform. I'll always be transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship him tonight. Come on. (laughs)
5: youth all across this place can we lift our hands as we sing all hail
8: Him praise tonight, we sing this out. All
2: hail King Jesus. Come on, every voice.
7: I came across this verse in Galatians. It's Galatians um, chapter one, verse 10. It says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And in that time in my life, I thought, I'm, all, I'm kind of focused on what people are thinking of me. I'm kind of like fixated. My thoughts are kind of going to a place where I'm like, I wonder what they think about this or that, or when I did this, or when I said that, or when I wore this, like I was really caught up in it. And I thought, if they say that in the Bible, that we wouldn't be Christ's servant if we were trying to please man, then something has to change. And I was kind of like, okay, I can't, like, I don't know how to change my heart. I don't know how to change my thoughts. So I started praying this, Lord, help me to not fear man. Let me only fear you. And I would just say that all the time. Whenever something came to my head, I'd just say, Let me fear you. I don't want to fear man. I don't want that to be the case. And part of me saying that to myself over and over again was me meditating on that. And slowly the Lord gave me opportunity after opportunity to shut down thoughts, to change what I was focused on. And I think I really grew in that. And Corey really, you know, mentioned that tonight. And so I want to encourage you to walk out of here in the next few days, in the next few weeks or months. Whenever you're thinking about what people are thinking about you, think about, I don't want to fear people. I only want to fear you, God. And he'll change you day after day, moment after moment. And let's give it up for anyone who gave their life to Christ tonight. That is the best decision you could have ever made. We're stoked for you. So if you did make that decision, make sure and DM us on Instagram, Next7. We want to give you videos. We want to help you walk this out really, seriously, truly. We want to walk this out with you. Okay, and then this weekend, Friday's going to be a good Friday. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be a good Friday. Good Friday service, 7 p.m. on Friday night. Be there. It's going to be great. And then, of course, on Sunday, it's Easter, and we have three services. So make sure and come. Bring your friends, bring your family, bring your aunties, bring your uncles, bring whoever. Bring your dog. Just kidding. Please don't bring your dog. You can probably bring like a pet bunny in a bag. I'm just kidding. Don't. I'm just kidding. Okay. All right, guys. We love you. We're stoked to be doing Wednesday nights with you. We'll see you on Friday and on Sunday. Have a great night, guys.